Hello everybody, Daniel Barnett here from Outer Temple Chambers and welcome to episode 51 of Employment Law Matters. I'm recording this on Thursday the 14th of May 2020 and today new listening figures were released by uh, Rajar which measures radio listeners showing that LBC Radio has increased its listener numbers to 2.8 million weekly listeners And the Nick Ferrari Breakfast Show is the number one breakfast show on commercial radio. So I have, with their permission, decided to reproduce a and a session that I did yesterday for LBC's listeners on the Nick Ferrari Show. This was broadcast on the 13th of May 2020. And you'll hear me answering questions from listeners. If you like this, I typically appear on LBC at least twice a week, usually on a Wednesday evening at 9pm on the Ian Dale Ask an Expert segment, and on a Saturday evening at 9pm when I present the Legal Hour with Clive Bull. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Coronavirus, your questions answered. Call now, 0345 6060 973. This is LBC. Morning, four minutes after nine on Wednesday, May the 13th, in the early days of coronavirus. You remember, we each day, almost certainly at this time, we had various areas that we would cover, such as employment or travel, whatever it might be, home education, and as and when we bring them back. And, of course, after the announcement yesterday, we've studied, we've looked very closely at the financial impact, uh, £80 billion, 7.5 million people, uh, and, of course, also the work ethic in the previous hour. But let's look now at the reality for you... If you are an employer or an employee, with what we heard from Chancellor Rishi Sunak on his 40th birthday uh, yesterday as regards furloughing, and bring in one of the most popular of our experts, your questions answered, Daniel Barnett, who's Employment Barrister from Outer Temple Chambers. Trust you and family are all well, Daniel. Thank you for joining us again. I'm going to get straight to the cause, because as ever, because as ever, with you, there is no shortage of people and issues to explore. First up, Tina in Barnett. You're through to Daniel. Go ahead. Through, through to uh, Daniel Barnett, hey. appropriately enough, from Barnett. Tina, go ahead. Good morning. Um, hi, good morning, Daniel. Thank you very much. Um, I'm an employee through uh, a recruitment agency, and when the furlough was first announced, um, they said they'd put me on furlough. They haven't done, and they've said they're having difficulty, it's complicated, etc. So I'm still not on furlough. And now with the new announcements, I want to know what's going to happen for going forward. But what can I do to still encourage the, the recruitment agency to help me to put me on furlough? So I'm kind of stuck with no income at all and no opportunity of getting another job yet. Over to Daniel. Um, Tina, stay on the line. Daniel. Tina, hello. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that. Now, employers have the right to say whether they're going to put people on furlough or not. And it's very, very difficult to compel them to actually do it. Uh, If they've told you they're going to and then haven't actually done so, you would have a credible argument that they're in breach of something called the implied term of mutual trust and confidence, probably something you've vaguely heard of, Tina, which means that if you've been working for them for more than two years, you can resign and claim constructive dismissal. But you've got to have been working for more than two years without a break for this recruitment company. Do you tick that box, Tina? 
Tina? No, unfortunately, I don't. Uh. Okay, so that closes off that door. The only thing you can do, I'm afraid, and this is really, really unsatisfactory is just keep asking them to put you on furlough but you can't really compel them to if they're saying that they don't know how to do it i think that's a bit of a weak excuse because it's really simple they just go onto the government gateway website which they'll know all about from paying their vat and i'm assuming tina it's a small recruitment agency because big ones know this yeah Yeah. They'll, they'll know all about how to They'll know all about how to go on the government gateway and they just fill in a form. Everyone who's done it says it's unbelievably straightforward, far more so than you might expect from a scheme like this. So I think they're just not trying, to be honest, Tina. They're probably desperately trying to save their own business if they're a small recruitment agency and they're pushing you and your problems to the back of their mind. They're thinking you're tomorrow's problem and tomorrow's problem and tomorrow's problem and just not getting around to dealing with it. All you can do, Tina, I'm afraid, is is ask and ask and ask again. Are you a member of a union by any uh, chance? No, unfortunately not. Ah, that that, that would help. <laughs> Unions are brilliant at things like this, but Tina, um, I'm afraid I don't have much more to suggest. Right. I'm sorry. In, in, Tina, I'm sorry. That. Interesting. Marie, the top of the questions we've been speaking, Daniel, says, uh, in these very unsettled times, could you ask Daniel Barnett, would you recommend joining a trade union? And I think possibly, Daniel, you've answered that question already. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Yes, Marie. And I'm actually going to recommend one. It's a union called Affinity, which works across all sectors. They are absolutely brilliant at helping employees who are having problems and they're really forceful. I work with them closely over a lot of issues and a lot of court cases, and I can't recommend them highly enough. Tina, thank you. Marie, thank you. To the next caller, Paul in New Malden. Paul, you're through to Daniel Barnett. Go ahead. Good morning, Daniel. Um, Good morning. I'm a a self-employed plumber. Um, Previous to this tax year that's just gone, I was a sole trader. Um, Since sort of about April, uh, April the seventh last year, I I opened a limited company. I wanted to know where I stood with this um, government help for the self-employed. Oh, this is going to be really tricky, Paul, because you're going to tick a couple of the boxes for the self-employed scheme. So you'll have ticked the one that you put in a self-employed tax return in 2018, 2019, presumably. But you're not going to tick the box that you traded in the tax year 2019, 2020. Um, I'm assuming I've got my years right. Is that right? You stopped in 6th of April 2019? Yeah, Yeah, you're right, Daniel. Yeah. So you, you don't tick that box, which means you won't be eligible, Paul. I'm really sorry, which means you have to fall back on something like universal credit if your earnings have plummeted. Uh, hopefully, now we've got the most recent announcement from the government that says you'll be allowed as a self-employed plumber back into people's homes if sufficient social distancing is allowed. Things are going to look a little bit better from you. But in terms of your past lost earnings, there's very little you can do, I'm afraid, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul. You're another one who falls through the cracks. It's no, it's no consolation but you are not alone, Paul. Good luck to you, as Daniel says. Let's hope as the world returns to the new normal, you get uh, plenty of workers of your plumbing work. Thank you. Rupert in Warwick asks, I'm working but not earning any overtime. An employee in exactly the same role as me is currently on furlough and earning more than me. 
Is there anything I can do? Daniel, I doubt it somehow. That, that sounds so unfair. I'm actually quite surprised if that's the case, Rupert, because normally with furlough, when you get 80% of your money, overtime isn't included in most circumstances. The government doesn't reimburse 80% of, of what people were earning in overtime. So uh, although there are exceptions to that, generally, I'd expect that person to be earning less than you, not more than you, which probably means that your employer is doing the calculation wrong. Now, I'm sure you don't want to turn around to your employer and say, pay that person less, because that wouldn't be very nice, yeah. but they're probably overpaying the other person. Sue in Worthing. Sue, you're through to Daniel Barnett. Go ahead. Hello, good morning. Um, I'm working in a travel bureau within a well-known supermarket chain, but um, I actually have a contract with the supermarket bank. Um, we were closed back in Feb uh, March... And all we were offered was um, work on the shop floor for the main supermarket, which weren't actually our employers at the time. I didn't feel safe. I had no PPE and no training to do either the cashier job or the shop floor job. Um, I've since taken two weeks holiday. I've taken unpaid leave. Oh. And at no time at all have I been furloughed. And I'm wondering, please, what the opportunities are of me doing that now and asking HRC possibly. Sue, I think you might be in quite a good position here. Uh, can I just check with you? Are you on a normal part-time or full-time contract or are you on a zero-hours contract? I'm on a normal part-time contract. OK, that means they're not entitled to put you on unpaid leave unless you agree. And I'm assuming you didn't agree, correct? No, I did agree because oh. um, I didn't want... They offered me um, shop floor work or cashier work which I didn't feel I had enough PPE for or trained for. Right. And so, that was so you within the other group. It wasn't actually a contract that I had with the bank or that supermarket. I, I understand. So you said to the bank that it technically employs you, I'm willing to go on unpaid leave. Is that right? Yes. I, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. okay. So, so come back so to you in a moment, Sue. Let Daniel just wrap up. We've got a tiny time slip. Let Daniel wrap up, then we'll come back to you. Daniel Barnett. Uh, that means that it's actually lawful because you've agreed to it for them to put you on unpaid leave and pay you nothing in the meantime. They could have chosen to put you on furlough, but unfortunately they can't be compelled to put you on furlough. Now, the only thing I can suggest, Sue, is to go back to them and say, will you reconsider? Will you put me on furlough? Because I suspect they'd be willing to do that if you ask them nicely. They've got no reason not to. It's no cost to them, and is it? It's no cost to them as long as you agree to go to 80% of your salary and don't ask them to top you up to 100%. Uh, so, so they might do it. Again, Sue, as I've mentioned to other people, if you join a union, and we know that supermarkets do recognise unions, as do banks, uh, you will be in a much stronger position to forcefully put your case than if it's just you on your own. Sue? OK, that's fine. Thank and you very much indeed. Let us know how you get on. Thank you. On the subject of employment, can I put this one to you again from the text, tweets and emails? This is Claire in Greenwich. If the government have said nannies can now return to work, does that mean they're no longer entitled to be furloughed because they're permitted back to their place of employment? If we decided to keep her furloughed because I'm at home and my partner can do the childcare, do we remain eligible for the scheme? And as a side piece of information, I'm pregnant at the moment. Well, Claire, congratulations. That's a great piece of news. Uh, and I've also got a good answer for you, which is that you are entitled to keep your nanny furloughed. It's up to you whether you want her back in your home or not. And if you don't want her back in your home, you can say to her either you remain furloughed on 80 percent. And if she says, no, I refuse to accept 80 percent, I want 100 percent, you're entitled to say, although I know it won't be your first choice. Well, in that case, we're very sorry, but we're making you redundant. 
Thanks for that. Let's go back to the calls. Nick on Ross. Is it Ross on Sea, Nick? Good morning. Uh, it's Rose on Sea, yes. Rose on Sea yeah, in North yeah, Wales, it says here. North Wales. Sounds beautiful. Your question, sir. Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah so good morning, Daniel and Nick. Uh, it's nice to speak to you. Hello. Uh, so I've got a small Mexican restaurant slash takeaway in Rose on Sea. Right. Um, we closed at the beginning of April. I'm a sole trader, by the way. Yes. I uh, had to furlough all the staff and my wife. Uh, so they still receive the furlough money, of course. Um, so I'm not receiving any income myself. Uh, two years ago, I could finally afford to start paying myself. Um, but I did it through drawings. Right. And apparently, I think I've slipped through the net. Is that correct? Do, do you mean dividend, perhaps, Nick? Is, is it dividend you pay yourself through, perhaps? Um, I just basically set up a direct debit. I see. OK. Let's get the expert in. Daniel. Oh. Hi, Nick. I can't tell you how much I'm missing my burritos. I wish, I wish you were open. <laughs> oh, we've heard a lot about that, actually. <laughs> it's a long um, way. I think it'll be cold by the time it gets to North London, Daniel. But anyway, on you go. Possibly. Um, Nick, you, you, you said a couple of things that aren't quite gelling with each other. You said you were okay. self-employed, and then you said you're taking drawings, which makes me think you're running a company. Do you know which one it is? Uh, so I'm a sole trader, yes. I'm, I'm self-employed. Uh, ah, so do you have a limited it is my company. company. It is a company. Okay. So in that, position, in, in that position, you are entitled to furlough yourself for any salary that you were drawing. Were you drawing anything as a salary through PAYE? Because a lot of people with small companies um, draw about £10,000. Not through PAYE, no. Um, I just take a certain amount every week. A as a dividend? Um, it, it must be as a dividend. It's, it's a dividend, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, you call it. I think it has to be a dividend because that's the most common uh, common model in this particular world. Stay on the line, Nick Daniel Barnett. Yeah, Nick, it's not good news. I'm afraid uh, if you weren't drawing anything through PAYE and were taking it all through a dividend, you, you're again one of these many many people who falls between the cracks. You're not eligible for furlough, and you're not eligible for the self-employed scheme, which means you have to fall back on things like universal credit, which I suspect oh, won't yeah. pay you a huge amount of money. I'm sorry, Nick. I'll tell you what I can do. define a dividend for me? A, a dividend is where you have a limited company and the limited company pays out a share of its profit to the person who owns the company, which is you. So in your okay. company accounts, it'll say you as the owner of the company drew out the profit. It's a very tax-efficient way of doing it if, you are, if you're running your own company. That might not help. I'll tell you how I can help. Mention okay. your restaurant and tell everybody the great offer. You're doing takeaways. Uh, yeah, deliveries or takeaways. Are you? Um, we're not reopened yet, though. We're oh. going to reopen and um, do takeaways. Uh, right. Yeah, it's Mexican Wave. Mexican oh. Wave in Rose on Sea. Well, there we go. As and when you open, give us another call. We'll see if you can help then. We'll help with more of your calls. Nick, good luck. We'll help with more of your calls to Daniel after the 9.16. Nick Ferrari at breakfast on LBC. With Zero, accounting software for small businesses that works anywhere you do. Multi-billion pound announcement yesterday by Chancellor Rishi Sunak in the world of furloughing and employment. So we have Daniel, Barman, Daniel Barnett, the employment barrister from Outer Temple Chambers here taking all your calls. And next up, Essin in Tower Hamlets. You're through to Daniel. Go ahead. Essin, good morning. Hi there. Good morning. Just a quick question. I got a 25 employees and we're advised to open the nursery. I got a nursery on the 1st of June this month. Um, basically, we're in a discussion with my staff, and um, we only have two staff we didn't follow, and we opened, but the rest of them are followed. Um, at the moment, none of them want to work. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so my question is, um, what is my right 
And how can I enforce that some of my staff has to come and work with me on the 1st of June as we have to open? But there are excuses. It is quite difficult to say are these excuses or genuine concerns, but somehow we will have to um, go back to work at some point. Um, but right. it seems like it, either they are vulnerable, they have conditions, and they be living with the... Well, we talked about this, Essence, stay on the line. Suddenly people are discovering that they have elderly grandparents were living with them or other people who are vulnerable and they have to shield or social distance or whatever. This is going to be tough for bosses. Daniel Barnett. Hi, Essin. Uh, sorry, I might have missed you saying this. What do you do? Nursery. Uh, nursery, thank you. Yeah, a nursery. And due, due to open, she's understanding June 1 and she can't get the staff back in. Yep, got it. Now, um, there are a couple of solutions here because, as you say, a lot of people have just developed a uh, recollection of all sorts of illnesses they may yes. suffer at reasons they can't go into work. And it's very nice sitting at home collecting 80% of your money for, for some people, not everyone, I accept that, uh, whilst not having to do any work. And a lot of people think, why should I have to do 100% extra work for only 20% extra money? Now, it's very simple to deal with that, Essin. It's to say, I'm stopping furlough. You can choose to stay at home if you want, but you won't see a penny in your pay pack if you choose to stay at home. If somebody can prove they're genuinely sick or genuinely shielding, they'll be entitled to statutory sick pay. You might choose to top it up. That's a matter for you. But for anybody who's just preferring to stay at home, well, let them stay at home, but on no pay. People are actually allowed to insist on staying at home if they genuinely believe and they reasonably believe that it's dangerous to their health and safety to come into work. Uh, and, and a lot of people could genuinely and reasonably believe that. It's a real thing. But that right to stay at home is a right to stay at home unpaid. The thing I often say to people in your position, Essin, is remember this. Who's the boss? What's the answer to that que uh, question, Essin? Who's the boss? You or them? Yes. Yes. It's you. It's, it's me. you. It is so you. You've, you've yeah, got to act like it and you've got to say to people, get your... Uh, backside into work. You can be slightly more polite than I'm being, but get your backside into work or I stop your furlough pay. And that's completely legal, Essin. You're allowed to do that. I sense you're a very decent person. It's not a conversation that's going to come easily, but Essin, it's that or the business. So I, I, we must leave you with that. And, I, and I, let's hope that the majority, if not all, of the 25 realise the realities of life. And it's been seven or eight very, very tough weeks and the rest of May as well. But I'm afraid it's a Time now to get back to business. Thanks for that, Essin. Uh, Kristen uh, in Haverhill. Kristen, you're on the radio. Good morning. Your question. Yeah, good morning, Nick. Um, my situation is um, I commenced employment with an airline based at Stansted Airport on the 24th of February this year. Mm. Um, had received an email from the company um, at the beginning of April telling me that I'd been furloughed because of the situation. Um, did receive a reduced pay packet at the end of April. Um, received an email from them at the beginning of May uh, last week advising me that I don't now qualify to be on the furlough scheme. Um, basically, what they're saying is um, because my real, the real-time information report was submitted to HMRC after the 19th of March, it, uh, and the company sent it on the 25th of March, um, that's their reason why I don't qualify. Um, I did um, respond via email to them saying, well, I, I was un uh, under the understanding that my contracts um, with you commenced on the 24th of February and uh, they did reply telling me yes you are right, right. and we, we did add you on our payroll system on the 24th of February but because the paperwork wasn't submitted to HMRC until the 25th of March I don't qualify so now they've, what they've done is they've temporarily temporarily laid me off with no pay.
and that is my oh. situation. I just wanted to understand on that. Okay, Daniel. What, what a horrible, horrible position to be in. And I'm afraid I think they're actually legally right oh. because the rules changed. The rules changed in about the second week of March. And originally, the scheme was if you were employed on the 28th of Feb, which you were, you qualified. But then the rules changed to you had to be on the employer's real-time information system, which basically means the day you get paid and the information gets sent about your salary to HMRC as of the 19th of March. And lots of businesses have payrolls that happen after the 19th of the month, meaning anybody who joined in the few weeks before that wouldn't have fallen within a payroll period and wouldn't qualify. Now, many employers in that situation have taken the view, you know what, we'll take the hit. We know this is unfair to people in your position. We'll take the hit and pay you the money anyway. But airlines and some other particularly hard uh, businesses that are hit particularly hard really struggle to take any voluntary hits because they're taking so many hits anyway and i can understand why they've they followed the letter of the law i'll tell you what happened they type your details into the hmrc system to get furlough pay for you first time round they got it and then a message came back a week later after you'd been paid saying actually you're not eligible and that's why they stopped your pay i'm really sorry but i'm afraid legally they're entitled to do what they've done Kristen, i am sorry it's those dates that have done for you thank you for your input let's hope again the world comes back to normal but as daniel rightly says yours is an industry that has sustained a lot of blows john in warrington john what is it you do good morning good morning gentlemen uh, i'm a lorry driver and yes. worked for an agency i have done for two years i've had a salary which has been pretty equal in the past two years, roughly mm. 35k. As far as I'm led to believe, luckily I am still working, but that could change. If it did, I then wouldn't be entitled to anything but universal credit. Is that correct? Well, there's a couple of options here, John. First mm. of all, uh, they are entitled to furlough you. They've got to agree to furlough you, and they might not. Yep. Uh, you said you're working through an agency. Lots of agencies don't furlough people just as a matter of principle. I don't know why, but I just know they're not. Um, also, if you've been working for more than two years and they stop uh, giving you work, you'll be entitled to a statutory redundancy payment and to notice pay. Not a huge amount of money, but it's going to be a couple of weeks pay for you. Um, so that's that's better than absolutely nothing. Uh, but yes, ultimately, if they choose not to furlough you and end your contract instead, it comes down to notice pay, redundancy pay and then universal credit. Right. That's great. Thank OK, John, thank you. Good luck to you. Uh, keep up the good work. So crucial, those lorry drivers. We wouldn't have anything in the stores or a lot of things in the hospitals without you guys and women. Lisa in Hackney, your question. Good morning. Hi, good morning, guys. I wonder if you can help me. So um, I was made redundant um, last year by the BBC, and then I got a, a new position. Um, I started on the 9th of May. I was in the office a week, and then they said we needed to work from home. Now, as a new employee, my um, work sort of dried up so then they made me redundant and they gave me a month's money um without vat to say sorry but thank you um i wasn't initially in the furlough dates and then the dates changed and i got a phone call from them saying we can furlough you which was amazing and i said brilliant thank you so much but they said um within the furlough money we're going to take back the money that they give me for the month's redundancy so i haven't had any furlough money until the oh, end of dear. may where they need to 
give me a little bit of the furlough. Now, A, um, they haven't got back in touch with me to say if I'm going to be furloughed from May. Um, obviously, the, uh, everything changed yesterday with the Chancellor. And I'm just wondering where I stand with this. Is it illegal for them to do it? Also, they've asked if they can take 10 days holiday away from me because they won't pay the holiday pay. And I'm just wondering if this is... Um, legal where I stand with this um, I emailed them at the weekend I haven't heard anything back so I just want some more clarification okay. over to Daniel okay. well, there's, there's a lot there to talk about I'll, I'll try and take as much as I can as quickly as I can first of all bringing you back from redundancy and putting you on furlough instead I think a lot of people would actually be quite pleased about that because it means they'll be getting 80% of their salary ongoing and if you've only worked for a year and you've got a month's redundancy payment well in a month you'll have got that money that redundancy money back again um and ongoing. I suspect they'll keep you on the payroll through to October. We know furloughs continuing to October now. Even if they haven't told you, they'd have no reason to dismiss you. And if they do dismiss you uh, at some point during furlough or at the end of furlough, you'll get your redundancy money again. So you're not losing it. It's just being deferred whilst you get your furlough pay each month. So you're actually in a, in a better position than I think you realise here. In terms of your holiday they are entitled to compel you to use some of your holiday entitlement uh, if they give you twice the amount of notice as the amount of holiday they're asking you to take. So if they're asking you to take two weeks holiday, they've got to give you four weeks notice of it. If they've done that, they're allowed to do it. But of course, they've got to pay you full pay on holiday, meaning they'll top up your salary for the holiday period from 80% to 100%. So again, you're a little bit better off there. I think things aren't quite as bleak as you may think they are. Um, and you're in a slightly better position than, than you may think. Does that help? Time for a quick response. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I haven't been there. We only started on the 9th of March this year. But I'm just wondering if the legality terms of them taking the furlough money back from the, the redundancy is legal. Are they legally bound to do that? They, they, they are. If they, if they offer... If they offered you your job back and you accepted it, then, of course, you don't get a redundancy payment. And can I just say what fabulous employers I think you have? Because you're not actually entitled to any redundancy if you've been working less than two years. So it sounds like they're being far more generous than they actually need to be. You've been generous with your time, Daniel. Thank you. We must leave it there. I sense we'll be talking again through with all through this. Look after yourself, your family, Daniel, Barn Daniel Barnett, employment barrister from Outer Temple Chambers. Coming up after the news of war between the... Trades unions representing schools and teachers and the government. The unions telling the teachers don't engage with reopening the schools. 9.30, this is Breakfast with me, Nick Ferrari on LBC. The advice offered in this hour is for guidance only. You should always seek your own independent legal and financial opinion. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it interesting. You can listen to me on LBC most Wednesday evenings at 9pm and most Saturday nights at 9pm where I answer questions from listeners on employment law in particular, but also more general legal questions. Thank you to LBC for their permission to reproduce this segment of the Nick Ferrari Breakfast Show. And do subscribe, if you don't already do so, to these podcasts. They come out every week. Go to www.danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast and subscribe to Employment Law Matters. Please do leave a review on the iTunes podcast store or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Leaving reviews helps drive this podcast up the charts and means that more people get the chance to learn about it. Thank you. Bye bye.
Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.